if everybody did that one small change, it's actually a pretty significant impact. Hello, and welcome to the Grow and Behold podcast, where I talk to women in business about their unique stories and their relatable stresses and successes. In this episode, I'm joined by Alicia Height from Chickpea Zero Waste, and we chat about her journey with opening a refillery and making a difference as an individual and as a business owner. I've always been a big advocate for sustainability and reducing our impact on the planet, so I was so excited when Alicia accepted my invitation to the podcast. Like most of my guests, I've been following her and Chickpea Zero Waste online for a while, and it's so much fun to get to sit down and spend some time talking with the women in business that I look up to. Did I create this podcast so I could meet my heroes? Maybe, but mostly I did it so that I could share these meaningful and important conversations with you and other small business owners. Now, speaking of reducing waste, I won't waste any more of your time. Let's get to the conversation. Okay, welcome, Alicia, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. And where are you uh, calling in from? Are you at home or are you in the store? Yeah, I'm calling in from home. Wednesdays are usually my admin day, so I get to stay at home and um, work for a few hours here. Ooh, I love that. I love a good admin day. Like, as much as it can be you know, monotonous or a bit boring is just something about it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just feel like I can fit in laundry and a workout and computer stuff like all at once at my own schedule, which is really nice. Totally. Yeah, I I always have my days are either like busy with like meetings. Like today I have this recording sandwiched between two other video and in-person meetings, but then tomorrow nothing's on the calendar. And I just love a day like that. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so you opened your uh, chickpeas zero waste, your zero waste refillery in June of 2020, and you provide your local community with everything for a low waste lifestyle, including cleaning supplies, food, makeup, band-aids, shampoo. That's just a few of the things that I gathered <laughs> from your website. Um, tell me about your shop. Like, what is the vibe of chickpeas? Like, what do people think and feel when they come into your shop? Well, I hope they feel um, from the get-go that it's an inclusive space. Like everyone is welcome no matter where they are on their zero waste journey. So we often get people who know nothing about zero waste, who are drawn in by the branding or um, just want to know more. And so they're just beginning. And then we get people who have been doing it for so many years and they know exactly what they want. And they, you know, have already done all the research on the ingredients and the waste outputs and all of that. So no matter where you are on that spectrum, everyone is welcome at chickpeas um also i feel like um i really wanted to create a one-stop shop for zero waste for a household so if you're coming in you're going to be able to get refills and eco-friendly items for personal care and cleaning and we have a lot of um good quality, um, some organic, some not organic bulk foods as well. We have a really lovely local section. And so just being able to see all sorts of different local businesses that we have in the store, along with products that will help you save plastic in your home. That's amazing. I, I shop from a couple um, over the years, a number of different refilleries. And one thing that I think yours stands out for is like the food as well. Like it's not just cleaning and self-care products. Like you can go in and get uh, 
barley or like I don't know if that's yeah, an accurate yeah, yeah, barley <laughs> or like yeah just like you can fill your mason jars with like different foods as well so that's really cool that you kind of that one-stop shop yeah and I think a lot of people come in for their personal care and cleaning so they um, purchase products potentially from other stores in their original packaging, like, um, like Korean organics or um, organics. And then they learn that, Oh, you can come into chick piece and we may not have the original packaging, but we'll have the bulk side of things. And when they fill up the bulk, they're saving. And then while in the store, they notice that, Oh, you have food. Oh, I can fill up my, my walnuts and my umami dressing and my what have you there too. So Ooh, yeah, we have umami cool. dressing as we well. Have umami dressing in bulk, which is pretty cool. We're the only retailer I think ever to carry their products for sale in bulk, which is so great because we have such a cult following for that brand here in Kelowna. If you've ever tried it, it's like the most delicious dressing. Um, and so we get people buying it by the liters. So we wow. sell a lot of umami. That's so cool. Yeah, because they're they're local, right? They're I think. local to Kelowna as well. Cool. Wow, that's great. Oh, man, I got to make a trip in and, and just bring all my empty jars. <laughs> <laughs> um, so other than the business, tell me a little bit about yourself before we kind of chat more about um, the business side. Like, who are you? Like, what do you what do you do outside of work? And, you know, where did you come from? Where did I come from? Where I came out here in, I think it was 20, 2007 or 2008 to do my master's at UBCO. I came from Ontario um, and I did my master's here focusing on sustainability. And shortly after that, I got a job at a sustainability consulting company and um, that was amazing. It was a startup. And so I learned a lot about, or I learned a little and a lot about a variety of different things. And so working with the public sector and the private sector and local government and um, yeah I just had such a big passion for sustainability um, starting in my early early 20s when I started traveling and I knew that whatever I ended up doing I wanted to do something that made a meaningful impact in the community that I was living in and so um, after working at the consulting company I started another business which I sold and once I had that space to kind of see like where is it that I what I really, really wanted to do, I noticed that there was a gap here in Kelowna for a zero waste store that had all of it. Like they had cleaning, they had um, maybe more personal care, but maybe not as much food. And so I just really wanted to have everything under one roof. And so that's just how Chickpeas was born. Aside from that, um, I'm also a mom of two kids. I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, and it's very, very busy. Um, my husband and two kids, we live here in Kona, and yeah, we like to spend our time out in nature and going on adventures and exploring and hiking. I also love going to yoga, and I think another big passion of mine is supporting other local entrepreneurs. Like, I love helping out businesses who are just starting out um, in the very beginnings of their business. I've mentored for a few different organizations like VBC, Community Futures, um, UBC's Entrepreneurship Program, and I just like love it when they're in that um, ideation stage. Um, I love it when there's all these like multiple fires to be putting out in that first year. And I just, yeah, it's just so exciting. And as you know, a business progresses and, um, things start to, um, stabilize a little bit, I'm not saying I get bored or anything, but you know, that, like, that, like 
feeling that you get in that first year is gone. And so obviously I can't just keep starting businesses in order to like <laughs> satisfy that need in my, in my life. So supporting other local entrepreneurs in our community is not only like so fulfilling for me, but it's so nice to make connections and they're often women. Um, so that's pretty, it's pretty cool to be part of be a tiny slice in their journey too. Amazing. Yeah. And then, like you said, you don't have to have 15 new businesses always no. <laughs> to fulfill that inner need. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I had to like stop myself because I, I there was a few years where everything felt like a potential. Like I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's, but that's a business. Like and I'd be like, no, no. Okay. Maybe for somebody just chill out, <laughs> focus on the business you have already. Totally. And there's so much going on at Chickpeas too. We have so many different things aside from just the brick and mortar, like um, customer facing side that I feel like there is like multiple little businesses going on within Chickpeas too. So that kind of fulfills that also. Totally. And it gives you that kind of room to explore. Like I saw you have a, a workshop for making kimchi and like um, just different kind of partnerships that you have with other local businesses. So that's yeah. That's so we have the front of the store, which we chatted about already, which is the refillery. And then we have the workshop side of things. So we have um, been hosting workshops last year. We also provide a space for other businesses to rent out and to also host workshops, which is pretty cool to see like two different communities merge together. Um, we also have a commercial kitchen in the back of uh, Chickpea. So it's an interior health approved kitchen. And the reason that I built that space is because I knew that there was a gap in Kelowna for um, community kitchens. And I also know that, you know, when you're a small business that's food based and you're gaining traction and you want to scale, but it's so expensive to build out your own space that you kind of need a stepping stone in between. And so that's what the point of that kitchen was. And so um, we've had a variety of businesses rented out over the last few years. And many of them have grown in that space or grown out of that space and built out their own um, businesses here in Kelowna. And it's always been um, a very interesting mix of businesses. We also have a um, compost program at Chickpeas. So um, here in Kelowna, we don't have curbside composting. A lot of people who come to Kelowna are frustrated and um, just want to have a space to take their organic waste. So unless you're composting in your backyard or you have a loamy, then you're likely not composting. And so we have a drop, we are a drop-off location for compost. So we have people coming in every single day, dropping off their compost. And then we have a bin in the back that we hire out um, a company called Spa Hills to come and tip our bins every every couple of weeks. And so we have so many people who like live in apartment buildings or just can't compost um, that are bringing their organic waste to us, which is pretty amazing. Um, and then we also have our online store. <laughs> so like our e-commerce side of things, we ship across Canada, we get orders almost daily, um, a variety of different things, food, personal care, all of that stuff. And then we're able to be able to support support others in more of our not local community help achieve their zero waste goals. There's lots, there's lots going on. <laughs> totally. You, you definitely keep yourself busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so nice though, because it's, you know, you're more than just like a little shop, like you're a real yeah. hub for the community. That's the goal. Cool. That's super neat. Um, so tell me about opening the brick and mortar shop, like the, the storefront part. Um, was there already something there or did you like start 
fresh start from scratch there was another store in that space that um ended up moving into a smaller location actually not too far from that space and so when i got that space it was basically a shell and we had to gut it and basically build everything out except for the washrooms and um yeah so i opened in june 2020 it was a bit of a bit of a chaotic time in the world at that point i think our build out started started on the day the world locked down which was like in March or February and so yeah it was you know a lot of unknowns you I had signed my name on so many different pieces of paper for this business not knowing that this pandemic was and what that pandemic meant to us and so um and I think for for chickpeas it, it was really good like I think that there were so many things happening in the world um that were making us start to use more single use items and then you could come into chickpeas and all of a sudden there was this one spot in the community where you could refill and like really shop with your values aligned and so um yeah it there was some there was definitely some learnings for sure building out the commercial kitchen um following into your health guidelines are constantly changing because policy and regulations were constantly changing as the pandemic was expanding and so we had to you know like the word was pivot but it's i feel like flexible was our word like we had to constantly make changes and make sure that we were adhering to those policies and yeah it was, we were definitely kept on our toes for a lot of it but we were able to operate still do so many fills um, and I think that now we've had such a wonderful team, like from the get go, we still have a couple of team members who have been here since the day, since the door opened. So um, it's, that's really, really cool. And I feel really um, grateful and honored that these um, humans chose to stick with me throughout all of this. But um, because of that, we have some really amazing policies and systems in our store. And so that makes things a little bit easier now as we're like coming into our four year mark. And what was like your favorite part of the des designing the store? Did you did you enjoy that part where you're like jars go here? grains go here <laughs> <laughs> i think the sourcing of the products was my favorite part the the store design when you come in and see it's really simple um there's not a lot of like through to it like it's just like these really um metallic like black metal shells with a lot of a lot of products on them so it's really simple it's really pleasing to the eye but that part wasn't really the part that i was excited about. i was just so excited to learn about different businesses and what they were doing and the food side was easy i just felt like i already shopped that way in my household and so um i brought in a lot of food products that i already knew that people I thought people were going to buy, but it was really learning more about the small businesses in our community in British Columbia, across Canada, um, and then figuring out who and what we were going to fill our shelves with. That's so much fun. I feel like I would love that. <laughs> yeah, it was like definitely satisfying my need to shop sometimes. <laughs> totally. Yes, absolutely. That's kind of like that bonus part where you're like, what do I want? I'm bringing it in. <laughs> yeah, and you really do support a lot of like local companies, local yep. brands, local products. Um, I was just looking this morning, um, just doing like some looking around on the internet and thinking about refillery shops. And I came across this graphic, which I've seen before, um, but it's basically like 10 companies that own all of the companies. Mm. Like there's, you know, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, Unilever, PepsiCo, Kellogg's, General Mills, Johnson and Johnson, Nestle, oh no, Nest, Nest, Nestle, Nestle, not Nestle, 
Um, and then a few other ones. And like between the like 10 of those companies, they own all of the brands that I could possibly think of. And it just was such like a, I've seen this graphic before, but it's a good to kind of be reminded that just like, you think that, you know, you think Pop-Tarts and Band-Aids and Purina are all different companies, but they're all owned by the same 10 big corporations. And it's just so mind blowing that like, we're all just paying these same 10 companies. And when you go to a regular grocery store or a regular uh, pharmacy, it's all, they're all coming from the same mm-hmm. places. What a, like, how do you feel about that and like making a difference by providing alternatives, local and sustainable alternatives? Well, I feel like our local economy is the heart of our community. And we've all heard the saying, buy local or buy local, right? And if we don't support our local businesses, they're not going to be around. And I'm sure in every community, we've seen the doors close of some of our favorite businesses because they have been casualties of what's gone on in the last couple of years. And so um, I think part of this is like you did your research today. So you were able to see that, you know, companies like Coca-Cola, they own a whole bunch of other businesses, but not a lot of um, consumers know that and not a lot of consumers do their due diligence. And so it's super important. um, And I invite everyone to do that, not just for the brands that we don't know about, the ones in our store, just like be a conscious consumer ask the difficult questions, do your research, and then based on that, choose to support the businesses that align with your values. And, you know, we vote with our dollars, right? We've also heard that quite a bit. And so it's very important to choose to support local because if not just by default, you're supporting the alternative. Mm -hmm. And convenience definitely is like, uh not helpful because we all kind of just fall into the the easiest thing to buy whether that's like ordering from amazon or just going down to the grocery store and getting you know whatever they decide you buy (laughs) and you know i'm all about the 80 20 rule and i feel like that goes with nutrition and and um movement and also with consumerism so yeah, you know, do your best 80% of the time. And there's always going to be opportunities where you need to make choices that maybe aren't best for the environment. I, as a parent, I notice myself doing that too. Sometimes you're on, you're on the run or you're traveling and you need to feed these little kids, right? So you have like a single use granola bar or you stop somewhere and maybe they're not, it's not exactly where you should be stopping to support local you know you're doing something in convenience um or based on convenience and that's okay like you know no one's ever going to achieve zero waste i always say zero waste is like enlightenment right like you're you're never going to hit that destination it's just the journey that you're on and that is such a helpful little reminder because i think like as someone who's i've always cared about the environment when i when i was younger i wanted to be an environmental documentary maker and just like cool. change the world. Like I really thought I was <laughs> going to save the world for a while. <laughs> um, and then I, I you know, I, my life just didn't lead down that path, but I still am passionate about that. And it can be very overwhelming. Um, I remember I, in an earlier episode on the podcast, I talked to Teresa from Phil in Vernon, the, the refill store in Vernon. And she talked about, um, she called it the haunting, but she said mm-hmm. she would just lay there at night and be like, not sleeping she would just be overwhelmed with like the state anxiety exactly um and i was like yeah i feel that too and so that 
80-20 rule is so helpful because it kind of gives yourself permission to just do what you got to do to get through the day. You know, like if, like you said, if you need to stop somewhere that you wouldn't usually support because you got to do it, um, you're not beating yourself up and you, you know, you're not stressing about it. You're just doing the best you can. And if you can do 80% positive and then 20% could be better, you know, it's, that's manageable. <laughs> and sometimes maybe it's 50, 50 and that's okay mm -hmm. too. I think giving yourself grace and just working with what you have when you have it is most important rather than saying, well, I can only make this one small change. So I'm not going to do anything anyways, because you know, those if everybody did that one small change. It's actually a pretty significant impact, right? So don't knock the small things. Totally. And that actually was my next question was like, how do you deal with that feeling of defeat that pops up when you're, when there's, you know, you look at like, sometimes I, it's just like a waterfall effect for me where I'm like, oh, you know, the water waste, like, I'm like, oh, I just use so much water washing my dog or something like that. And then I think yeah. of all the other houses that wash their dog, my brain just like expands and expands. And I'm just like, oh, we're doomed. <laughs> How do you personally manage those feelings of just feeling overwhelmed or defeated? You know, on the like consumer side of things, I feel like there's so many people trying their best um, or trying even a little bit. But what I feel defeated is when I look at corporations and larger businesses and the impacts or the negative impacts that they make on the environment. And I feel like that's where um, the biggest changes need to happen. And that's often where there isn't like policy or regulation support to help businesses make better choices. Um, one of the examples that I can bring up is like here in Kelowna, if you are a small business and you want to recycle your paper or your cans or your glass, you can't go to the recycle depot to drop off your stuff. Like that is just for um, individuals here in Kelowna or households. So you would have to drive over to the depot to, or not the depot, sorry, the landfill and get rid of your plastics and your non-normal non recyclable items. And so that's pretty challenging for businesses if you want to go do that weekly. Like the drive out to the landfill is 20 to 25 minutes each way. Um, for a small business, that's often not attainable. Not every business has a recycle bin in the back of their, their complex. And then further to that point is a lot of small businesses are making really, really great decisions in terms of sustainability. They're offering takeout containers that are compostable and um, that's so huge. A lot of those compostable containers are commercial compostable containers. And so you can't just throw them into the backyard compost or you can't just throw them into the landfill. They're not gonna compost. You need to take them into a commercial composting facility which we don't have in Kelowna. So they either get put into the garbage or they're put into the recycling as wish cycling. And so I feel like the greatest impact that we can make with the environment is supporting larger corporations or small and medium sized businesses. And that's frustrating for me because I don't feel like there is a lot of support both locally and globally for that. Lots mm -hmm. of things that we should be doing, but not a lot of things to support those things that we should be doing. Totally. Yeah. So it's really like, you know, the individual versus the corporation, mm -hmm. you as an individual can make those choices for yourself, Absolutely. for your household. And I find taking, taking things one thing at a time, maybe two things at a time, if you're feeling ambitious has been helpful for me. So like, when I think of like all the things I want to change in my lifestyle, I like faint because I'm so overwhelmed. <laughs> but if I just make one change, like I just, I switched to um, bar 
shampoo recently mm-hmm. um oh not recently it was about like a year and a half ago but like that that's my new normal and okay. it, you know instead of like going out and replacing everything in my bathroom and like really doing a big overhaul I started with one thing and I was like great that's just what I buy now and I love it and then love you know that. then I started using glass bottles for my like dish soap and my laundry soap and like now that's that's just normal and so it's not it hasn't been like an overwhelming process where I'm like 180 everything's got to change it's just like step by step incorporating something into my life that's better more sustainable and then okay what else what else can I change do it gradually yeah Yeah. that's what we tell people all the time like start small don't throw out anything that you have at home like you know if you have shampoo and conditioner that may have some ingredients that you're not very excited about anymore like don't dump that into the garbage like use all of that up if you have windex or tide or any of that use all that up too and then keep those containers and refill them and so i feel like there's you know there's all sorts of types of folks out there and how they do it but some of them want to do a massive overhaul and they just chuck everything which is not what we want them to do we want them to like finish up what they have and just be really mindful and intentional with the choices that they're making because i feel like when you do that they're la- they're most likely going to last and gain some traction yeah exactly and it's more sustainable for you as a person it's not just like a big change which can be expensive sometimes too to kind of shift everything but if you take it one at a time oh, expensive yeah i dropped my little fidget rock oh. <laughs> When you were in school, did you ever imagine that this is where you would be? Like, did you ever think in your future that you would own a shop like this? No, absolutely not. I thought that I'd be working nine to five, 40 hours a week, probably for a consulting company. Um, I think I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like I wanted the freedom of having a schedule that I could create and to, um, yeah, just have that side of the creative side, but I, I never knew what it was that I was going to do, you know? And so I always chose to get jobs that had a bit more structure and conformity, which was great at the time. And I don't think anyone that knows me would have thought that I would have ended up as an entrepreneur, but I'm so glad that I did. And I don't know if it's a forever thing, like who knows what life will be like 10 years down the road, but in this season or in these seasons of my life, being an entrepreneur has been so rewarding. I love seeing the impact on our community and just as being a mom with two little kids, like it's just, it, it's very flexible with, and that's what I need right now. And what was that like? light bulb moment like like where were you do you remember where you were when you were like I'm I'm a start a zero waste refill store (laughs) (laughs) well you know I was contemplating it um quite a bit I didn't know if I should or if I shouldn't um and I was at a retreat actually on the island it was like it was a goddess yoga retreat um probably around now a few years ago so like in 2019 and um I was I was contemplating should I get a job should I start a business should I get a job should I start a business and we pulled these cards um in in the circle that we were in and my question to the cards was like what should I do like what's you know what's my plan here help me (laughs) so I pulled this card and it was this like beautiful woman 
holding the earth in her hand. And I was, it was like one of those moments where I'm like, okay, the universe is talking to me right now. I'm going to start the zero waste business because that was just like, I felt like it was such a strong message coming to me. And that was in that moment, I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And then moving forward, like over the last few years, of course, there's ups and downs in anything in life, especially being an entrepreneur. It's like ebbs and flows all the time. And anytime I question what it is that I'm doing, <laughs> I often refer back to that moment. I'm like, oh yeah, remember that? Remember that card that I pulled? So just remember that you're like on the right track. So that, that was the moment. Wow. I got, I got goosebumps. Did you? <laughs> I did while you were talking that I got like a full little body chill. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's such a hard decision deciding what to do, what to start. Like, is this, I, I think every business owner goes through that where it's like, what am I even doing? Like, is this the right thing for me? And then you hit a hard patch and you're like, you know, it'd be nice a nine to five where someone else tells me what to do. <laughs> totally. And, and being an entrepreneur is a very sensitive, emotional job. Like I feel like my business and my heart are one and the same. And like when people love on the business and like show their gratitude, it like really fills me up. And I'm just so grateful for that. But like, if we get, you know, a bad review or someone complains about a product, it hits me in the heart at the same time. And so I think that's different than when you have a job, like you're not as emotionally connected to maybe your, your work as you are when you own a business or you are in a different way, I should say. Yeah. It's sort of like, there's an end to it. You clock out at a certain time and you go home yeah. and you don't really have to worry about it until Sometimes, the next day. Yeah. I guess yeah. depends on the job. Depends on the job. But yeah, I just feel like from my experience working at a job and being an entrepreneur, it's definitely much more heavier on the emotional side um, than it was when I was working for someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like it's your baby, you know, yeah. you, you've created yeah. it and, and it's hard to take those negative reviews or negative uh, comments, not personally. Yeah. And I just look at them as opportunities to grow too, right? Like you can't always just be riding the the wave of everything's good. If there's an opportunity to improve, or even if it's just like an opportunity to improve customer service with, with, a, with an interaction, then I take that as a learning opportunity. Yes. Yeah. I think it, it's hard to like change our mindset about that, but I think those like failures or mistakes or whatever that we have along the way are really like you said, a learning opportunity. And it's, if you can kind of shift your mentality to say, it's like, doesn't mean you failed and it's all over and you should quit. It's sort of just like a, um, just some feedback because you're yeah, just doing it on your own. And if exactly. somebody has something to say, might as well listen. Exactly. Um, so speaking of like bad reviews, I was doing, as I do my little, like deep, creep on your business online yeah um and you have great reviews on google and then there was one single one star review <laughs> and you you had reached out they didn't leave a, a review they just gave the one star and yeah. then peaced out yeah. and i think your comment was like hey thank you so much for your feedback like can you let us know how we can improve your experience or something like yeah. that so you were looking for that feedback yeah. Um, and I went a little bit further and I went to their profile, the person yes. that left the review. Oh, okay. You, you dug deep. <laughs> I like to go deep. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, give me the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so basically they're like, I don't have their name or anything, but um, they're like what's called a local guide and anyone can be a Google local guide. You just have to oh, okay. submit reviews, submit photos or whatever. And then you get like your local guide standing. Um, 
And when I looked at their profile, you can see other reviews that they make. And 95% of the reviews are one stars. Really? And there's like one or two that they gave businesses a good review, but almost all of it was just negative, like just tearing businesses down. And it was just- I didn't dive that deep into it. Like I didn't dive deep at all. I just kind of responded because, you know, I really welcome opportunities to be better, guide my team better. Maybe there was something I could have done to coach my staff to have dealt with that situation. But when you don't know what it is, it's very difficult to- to address it right totally yeah and so I just thought it was really interesting that like whoever this person is out there hopefully you're listening no I'm just kidding (laughs) they're just you know like they're motivated to just give bad reviews and very few positive reviews and so it's just really interesting um that they just feel like that's their job and so I'm just like wondering from your perspective how how does it feel to just kind of be vulnerable like that and just you know, you would have had a five star rating, but because yeah. of this one singular one star, you're at like a 4.9 or something like that. Um, what does it feel like to just kind of put yourself out there for criticism for people? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting position to put yourself in. And um, of course, it never feels good once you when you have a bad review or when you have a negative interaction with anyone. But I mean, I have enough interaction with our customers and I've read enough reviews. We will put out a community survey each year for our community to respond back and to give us feedback um, that we're inviting, right? And so I know I know what our customers think for the most part. And so I feel like when someone leaves a review like that, it's a one-off. Um, yeah, but it is, but it doesn't feel good at the same time, right? Because you try to wake up every morning and make the best choices and to sort of live life based on your value system. And um, that's the thing. Everyone has a different value system and maybe based on their personal experiences and life experiences, they felt that that was a one star and I have not walked in their shoes or lived their life. And so who am I to question what their perception of five star is too, right? So I can only do best and I do feel like I do try, I'm not perfect, but I do try my best every day to wake up and be good and to do good. And so I'm confident in that. Totally. Yeah. You can, you can kind of see the like 75 other positive reviews and yeah. let, let those <laughs> the space in your brain instead of this this one person who's obviously very unhappy with everything <laughs> yeah I have a client recently who I was helping with like SEO and I was like oh we should set up your Google business profile and like start asking people for reviews you know just like at the end of your newsletter or something and she was like no she's like I don't want to see she's like what if someone gives me a bad review and I'm like but what if they give you a good review so it was very interesting she was like I don't want I don't want that I don't want people to rate me out of five and I was like okay valid though right like it's very it's already very emotional being a business owner and so adding that extra level of critique is yeah it's unique but then at the same time so many people use reviews as informed decisions and on whether or not they're going to support a business which is interesting because just like you said like that specific review if I didn't have any other reviews and I just had that one review it would have given me a one star but if you and maybe not everybody dives deep like you do they wouldn't have <laughs> known that you know this is something that's constant for this particular person yeah it's such an interesting like culture almost the online reviews yeah. like it yeah. started I think with like Yelp or whatever people would mm-hmm. become like Yelp 
warriors and they would just go out like they'd go out for dinner and then leave this nasty review and and I find I think I was talking about this in my last episode too but I find that people are more motivated to leave a negative review over mm -hmm. a positive mm -hmm. they'll have a positive experience they'll have a great experience they might tell their friends maybe they'll even share on social media but taking the time to go to that Google page or go to that website and like leave a review most people aren't as motivated by a positive experience as they are a negative one exactly I agree I absolutely agree yeah, so very, very interesting. And, and and that's a good point you made too, where like if you're a brand new baby little business and you don't have any reviews and someone leaves you a negative review, it can be detrimental because mm -hmm. people people really rely on uh, other people. Like people We're trust people. Yeah. Anyways, this is just like a side rant because I was like, who's, who's this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so whoever you are out there, you serial one star, yeah, we don't at least, like so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Either stop that or leave some like actual feedback that yeah, is, exactly. is constructive. <laughs> um, so in terms of your social media, I just had a question because your Instagram in particular, it's it's very it's beautiful, it's informative, it's interesting. Um, and so I was just curious, like, do you have a social media strategy or do you just wing it and fly by the seat of your pants? Um, most of it's a fly by the seat of your pants strategy. <laughs> we have, obviously when new products come in, we try to showcase that. If we have events or different things going on with different businesses, we showcase that. We had, um, in the past, a couple of different people, uh, manage our social media and they all did really great jobs just because they were focused on that. And, um, just over the last year or so it's been more in my court they've like gone on to do other things and because of that it's tough to wear all the hats right like you know I'm trying to pay bills and manage the schedule and do HR and then I've got to put a creative hat on to do a reel and you know the newsletter and that sort of stuff and so that's a lot of different hats to wear. I can't always switch gears. And so I think that it, it is on my radar to um, manifest, maybe not a social media manager, but to have someone do content creation for us. And um, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. We have had that in the past and it's been really, really great. And it's just, this is one, this is a time right now where we don't have one and I'm really noticing that extra bit on my plate, which I would love to hand off partially. Mm -hmm. I agree. The social media hat tends to be the one that like fits the hardest. Like I can go from, you know, making workshops or doing projects for customers, but then that social media hat, it really is such like a mental shift. It's like a strategy. You've got to be creative. And then it's just like a lot of like emotional and physical energy that goes into creating all totally. the content. And the posts are fine. It's just more, and even sometimes the stories are fine, but it's really the real, the real making. Like, I feel like that can take, you know, like multiple different types of shoots and locations or products or, and it's interesting because the ones that I try the hardest with and I give myself, you know, like a whole bunch of time, they'll get the least traction, but the ones that I'll just like, oh, I'm like, this is fun. I'm just going to like quickly film it in 30 seconds. Those are the ones that get the most viewership. So like, why yeah. does that happen yeah, it's that's know. like universal yeah, it's like I you spend like two hours easy. like producing a, a short film yeah. and then it's just like 30 <laughs> views and you're like what <laughs> yeah, that's super frustrating um and how do you like 
meet people where they are on social media in terms of like accommodating someone who's brand new to zero waste and also uh, attending to the people that are already experienced like how do you engage kind of both parties mm, so i try to make our static posts informative and i try to use like stats and um quantitative information so numbers and for so like you know you're diverting this amount so a lot of people who are looking for um you know some metrics like okay well if i swap out this toothbrush like how many of them like how many plastic toothbrushes am i saving so i try to be informative with facts and data but i also try to be inspiring and empowering and say like you know if you like just sharing about a brand or sharing about a product that um, is better because they're removing toxins from your life or it's going to help you save money that's such a huge motivator like people don't understand or less people understand that when you invest in a product like a safety razor for example it is more expensive for sure hands down nobody's questioning it um but you're going to have it for the rest of your life. And so sort of understanding like, yes, you're making the upfront investment. Yes, it's exponentially more um, expensive than the item you currently have, but you're not going to have to replace it for many years down the road. So just sharing with them like the life cycle of the product and the ROI of the product and all of that stuff that I think the more information they have, they, the better informed decisions they make. And I think when you can hit that dollar savings is usually for across the board, they're like, oh, I'm going to save money and save the environment, especially in this economy right now, that usually is the conversion. It's not always like that. Sometimes you have to invest in something and maybe it won't save you money, but most times it's going to save you money if you invest in the zero waste product, whether you're doing a refill or if you're purchasing something that's like a one-time purchase, most likely it's going to save plastic and, and money too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Saving money, that speaks to most people. Yeah, right now it does. Yeah. And that's really interesting what you said, too, about sharing informative content, because with something that's informative, you're educating and raising awareness with the people that are new and aren't are just discovering you or unsure. But then you're also gaining trust and like reliability for the people that are already totally into it. And they're like, oh, she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> so it kind of serves both audiences at once. Totally. But sometimes you post a picture of a pretty jar and everyone loves it no matter what. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, it's really all about experimentation too and just like diversity and just kind of posting different things that are going to appeal to different people. Absolutely. Um, mom, mom, mom. So if I were a small business, which I am, <laughs> um, what kind of tips would you have for someone who wants to make change in terms of like being more sustainable and creating less waste and I guess I'll ask in two in two parts so like as an individual like what are some of your hot tips for people that are hearing this right now and are like inspired and they're like yes I'd like to reduce my waste but then also like as a business if you have any tips for business owners and how mm -hmm. they can navigate that I'll start with the business one first I think as a business the most effective thing that you can do is to do a waste audit of your business. So just take your trash, 
for a couple of days, save it, maybe involve the team if there is a team um, and spread it all out and just have a look to see where it is that you are inputting the most amount of waste. Are you, you know, creating more garbage? You have more recycling. Is it really more refundables? And then from that, once you understand what your baseline is to set yourself some goals. So, you know, if you're, if you see a lot of paper in the garbage, maybe try using both sides of the paper, turn it into um, scrap paper. If you're noticing that there's a lot of water bottles in your recycling, consider getting a Brita or a filter and just sort of understand really what it is your business and how your business is um, creating waste. On the personal side of things, I think we spoke about that Earlier, I think that just starting small, see what it is that you can afford, what's easy, um, what it is that you know you're going to be able to stick to. So whether that's swapping out to a bamboo toothbrush or um, being better with your recycling. Also, you could do a household waste audit too to just see like where it is that you are creating more waste. So it's going to be a really great initiative launching i think at the end of september it's called the great okanagan waste challenge or something to that effect and it's going to be encouraging small businesses to dive a bit deeper into their into their waste in their um, businesses and their households and to just understand where they're at and set some goals to where they want to be so that would be a really great thing to participate in if that if you're a business or a household that um, is curious and would like to understand where they're at and then once you do there's lots of different things that you can do to make change that is such a great tip you just start with start with knowing what your waste is doing yeah. a bit of an audit and then from there you can make a plan because I think without that it's hard to be like oh I don't know what I what do I reduce but like you said if you're noticing patterns in your waste then you can yeah. actually make those changes Cool. Great advice. Thank you for me personally and for my business. <laughs> um, now, can you tell me a little bit about the story behind choosing your business name? Hmm. Well, there's nothing really exciting about it, to be honest. Obviously, it's a play on words like chickpeas and chickpeas. And chickpeas are a common bulk item. Um, I don't know where I, where I came up. I know I didn't come up with it. I think I saw it somewhere. Um, I did do, obviously, a business search to make sure no one had it. But I saw it used somewhere in some sort of a terminology or maybe an interview or something like that and I was like oh that's a cool name and um it sounded kind of awkward to me at first when I was like chickpeas chickpeas it just didn't like roll off my tongue but then I've um as the business has been around obviously for almost four years now like I just feel like that's the name for the business you know I wanted something a bit more unique than just like refillery or like you know something that had to do with a play on words with refilling so many business and it's very accurate when businesses do that but there's most zero waste stores have something to do with a refill like the concept of refilling incorporated into their name and I just wanted something something unique something different that people would hear and be like oh that's gonna stay in my brain for a little bit and do you have like an ongoing battle with autocorrect <laughs> with on stories yeah yeah so just with like chickpeas and I think sometimes <laughs> when I'm on it I'll correct it but like most times I just let it be chickpeas <laughs> yeah because even when I was putting together my notes I was like no stop correcting me yeah, it's chickpeas yeah I think my phone <laughs> has it like organized now but definitely stories doesn't when I put the captions on yeah that's funny um, and if you could go back in time and give yourself a bit of a piece of advice for when you first started, um, what what would you tell yourself? Like, what would you do differently? Hmm. 
Like, do you mean in terms of starting the store? Yeah, unless you thought of something else. Let's hear that too. Yeah, I think I would do, what would I do a little bit more differently? I think that I would have um, better policies and systems in place prior to the store opening, even though that sounds um, easier said than done. You really don't know what it is that you're doing until you start doing it. But I think that um, when you're starting a new business, there's a lot of gray area. And as you're bringing in employees or renters and things like that, um, it's easier for them to know what their expectations are if they have a set of guidelines. And sometimes you're in that creation process. You don't know what that is. Oftentimes entrepreneurs start doing something that they've never done before, right? And so um, I wish I would have had that a little bit more organized, but now, you know, three, three years down the road, all of those things are in place, but yeah. Again, you give yourself grace, right? You can't be perfect. You know, you do so much. I'm only one person. Totally. And I think you've just described a fairly like normal process is most people hit the ground running and then just figure it out as you're going. <laughs> yeah. I always, every time I hired someone, I'm like, okay, are you okay? But it's constantly changing environments. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. this is. Like this is a mandatory part of the job. <laughs> that's right. The way we did it yesterday may not be the way we do it today. So hopefully you're okay with that. Yeah, totally. Um, and I have a, a playlist on Spotify called the Grow and Behold playlist where I have every single guest add a song or two to the playlist. And it, it, the the main reason for the playlist is like a motivational pump up kind of playlist. So if you're ever having those days where you're just not feeling it, which we all know come often, <laughs> yeah. um, what what songs can I add from you to that playlist? Well, I would definitely add The Sound of Sunshine by Michael Franti, nice. who I love so much. I've seen him in concert so many times. And then I love Paper Planes by MIA because it's just such a, a great beat and kind of gets you going. I always feel like I want to dance when I hear that song. And so I feel like that's a nice break for someone to hear when they're kind of in it in a, like on an admin day like today. Oh, those are some great additions. It's like a feel good and like a pump up. Yeah. Nice. Perfect. I'm excited. I will add those to the list. Great. Um, where can people find you if they want to either follow you or see you in person? You can find us on Instagram. So at Chickpea Zero Waste, um, our website, if you want to see what's online and mostly what's in store, um, is chickpeaceplanet.com. And then of course you can visit us at our brick and mortar on Kirshner Road. So it's 1825 Kirshner. We're right beside Copper Brewing and Porter's, which is a lovely brewery and a brunch restaurant. And our next door neighbor is Float Space. So we have a really great community of businesses around us. Oh, that's really nice. So you can grab a beer, grab brunch, and then grab some chickpeas. Yeah, <laughs> cool. That's so great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your yeah, time and, and you. sharing all your insight and stories with us. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening and being a part of this podcast community. Whether this is your first episode or you've been here from the start, I really appreciate every listen, like, download, and follow. If you're into it, you can leave a review. It really helps other business babes find the podcast. See you next time.